Brilliant, let's pray. Father, this this morning we thank you for the work of your spirit among us. And Father, we ask uh, that you would increase your work among us. Father, we pray that you would make us aware of your spirit, sensitive to your spirit, that, that you might increase our faith and also that you might use us and encourage us. Pray that you'd use um, what I'm going to share from your word now um, in the lives of, of, of all of us here in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, brilliant. I wonder, I wonder if I can start with, with just sharing with you guys a, a kind of a, a personal story that I haven't, I don't think I've shared ever publicly like this before. Like, is this a safe place? Okay. <laughs> Okay, um, and the reason I, I haven't shared it before is because it, it's actually just a little bit wacky, all right? But I hope you don't mind. A really significant God experience that I had, okay? And so what happened is when I became a Christian, and I hadn't been a Christian for very long, there were some friends of mine that were going to a, a church service in the middle of the week in the evening. And I was working that evening, and they... They didn't know what to think of what was happening at this church service, so they didn't invite me uh, because they really thought I, you know, they would be uncomfortable inviting me. You get, you get what I mean, right? And so, um, anyways, they went along to this. I was at work that evening, and as I was working, I had a sense of God's spirit. I felt like God's presence was there with me at work, but it gave me a longing for what was happening at this church service. But I couldn't be there, you know? like without walking out on my job and needing a car. You know what I mean? Like, and so I felt that throughout the evening, kind of a, but, but that wasn't what I'm referring to just yet. The next evening, they were going back to the same church for another evening service. It was a series of services in Minnesota. They were connected to the Toronto Blessing, if people are familiar with, with that, okay? I go with them to this service. There's this, this guy from Florida who's a little bit creepy, um, preaching, okay, and um, and as he's preaching, after you know everything's kind of normal. There's worship time, there's a sermon, and and then after the sermon, they kind of remove a bunch of the chairs, and he starts going around praying for people, all creepy like, you know what I mean? And he and he's praying for people, and they're falling over, and I'm kind of freaking out about this, okay? I don't know what to make out of this, and and so I'm thinking. And then what he does is he walks through several rows of people and comes right up to me and asks if, I, if he can pray for me. Now, to my friend's bewilderment, I said yes. And this, you got to realize, I'm, I've just become a Christian not very long before this. I've got a very rational mind. I'm very scientific. You know what I mean? I'm very, uh, you know, everything has to be very logical. And this man went to pray for me. And he didn't touch me or anything. And I was hit by such a sense of the presence of God that I fell over. And I was on the floor for something like a half an hour, just enjoying God's presence. It was absolutely stunning. And as I'm I'm laying there just, and and I'm kind of experiencing what it's like to be near God in such a way that I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. Like nothing compares, nothing's as good as what it's like to be close to God like that. So I'm laying there, I'm experiencing that. After I've been laying there for like a half an hour, I get up. And there's something interesting that happened just, you know, like a little while after that that I think is interesting to relay as well. And that's that what I had experienced was so good, I wanted it again, right? Right? And so I went back up to creepy guy from Florida. 
and asked him to pray for me again. And he prayed for me and I fell over and I was laying there and I was very aware that that second experience wasn't actually of God. Okay? That second experience was me in my own power wanting to recreate something that I think very much was of God. And so when I share this, as I say, it's a little bit wacky in that I don't necessarily think that that's the right way to receive the Holy Spirit. Um, Actually, the Spirit of God works in loads of different ways. However, I think God was very much at work turning my faith into something that was bigger than just my reason, right? And what I want you to really to catch from that, that example that I'm giving you right there is just how good it is to be near God. How good it is to sense his presence, to be in the middle of his will, to know that he's at work through you and around you. And for, for all of us, we can experience that and At different times, in different ways, we will experience that. And when you do, and when you taste what that's like, the taste is better than anything else, right? But now, there's something funny that happens. And that's that we taste just how good that is. We realize it's better than anything else. And yet, oddly, we find we can't, we don't stay there. And I want to think about that with you in just a moment. But let me first um, let me first zoom out. Uh, anybody find it odd that we're celebrating a Jewish festival, Pentecost, with a hog roast? <laughs> okay. Um, I, I was thinking about that because um, and and it reminded me of the story of Peter and Cornelius. Some of you will be familiar. But it's a great story as well if you think about how the Spirit was working among Peter at the time. The story in a nutshell, um, and I, I love it. Peter is on the roof, because back then you could be on the roof. Like, they had flat roofs. Pretty cool. So Peter's on the roof, and he's, it says he's praying in the Spirit. This is in Acts chapters 10, Acts chapter 10 and 11. He's praying in the Spirit. And as he's there, he has this experience in which God gives him a vision God gives him this vision, again, kind of wacky stuff, but it's exciting when God does things that are out of the ordinary. God gives him this vision, and from this vision, he, wait, he comes out of this vision and knows, and then has the Spirit of God whisper to him, some people are, kind of, are, coming, to, you know, are coming to your house, go with them. And so then Peter, at that same time as he comes out of this moment, three people come to the gate of his house. Like, eerie, fantastic, spirit of God at work sort of stuff happening here. Now, these guys are Gentiles, right? They're Gentiles. As a Jewish person, he's not supposed to go with them. But God's just told him that he should go with these guys, right? And so he goes with these guys. He travels all the way to Cornelius' house, a Gentile's house. He gets there. He starts, because God's revealed to him that he should preach to Gentiles, So he starts preaching, and he finds that the Holy Spirit has fallen on people. And so he goes, well, if the Holy Spirit's fallen on these Gentiles, they should be baptized, right? I love in that story the way that the example with Peter of how the Spirit of God can guide us, can reveal things to us and guide us and use us out of the ordinary, out of what we expect. Um, But the other thing that I like about this, anybody know what, 
Cornelius, if Cornelius was eating meat, what would it be? Not lamb. Great guess. Pork. <laughs> be fish, or if he was eating meat, most likely for the Romans, ancient Romans, it would be pork. So there you go. We're having a hog roast. Okay. As I say, I don't think the fact that we sometimes experience the fullness of the Holy Spirit and at other times we find that we don't is down to God. I think, it's, I think the problem is us. So James 4.8 puts it this way, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. I don't think the problem is God, I think the problem is us. And we find it expressed very well right in the middle of our passage, Galatians 5 verse 17, when it says this, for the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other so that you do not do what you want. So there's a part of you that desires God and has tasted and seen that God is good and you want God more than anything else. But there's also a part of you that pulls you away from God. I was thinking of this, it's kind of like, have you, I don't know if you've ever known someone that self-sabotages their own life. If you ever watch it, it's really frustrating, right? Because as soon as things start going good, they just find some way to mess it up and mess it up in a really colossal way. And again, and it happens again and again. And if you've ever known someone like that, you watch it and you just think, come on, like things are going good for you. And you can see it coming, right? You've been there and it's frustrating. And yet I think on some level, that's the sort of thing we do in regard to walking in the spirit. We want it, and yet on some level, we don't want it as well. James 4, when we get that lovely verse, come near to God and he'll come near to you. If you read the verses around that, it's all actually in context. It's all about the fact that we are in this struggle. You get phrases like this, you adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world is hatred towards God? Or in, there in James 4 verse 5, that the spirit that God has caused to live in us envies intensely. Uh, that's the old NIV. I like it more than the new NIV. The new NIV is something like, um, what is it? Jealously longs. But I like envies intensely. It just connects with me more. The spirit of God in you envies intensely, jealously longs when you wander from God. And yet, we all do it. We experience God's presence. We experience being close to God. And yet we find, I mean, Jesus lived in that place. And yet for us, what we find is that we're a complicated, we're complicated as people. And yet for your soul, your soul needs intimacy with God. Your soul needs intimacy with God. So, so check this out. We, we sometimes as Christians have a way of sort of sanitizing things or putting a better face on than we should, okay? And there's a, a hymn that's well known and at the end it has this sort of little um, dark moment, okay? And it's a hymn, you'll, you'll probably recognize it, um, the Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing, right? Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. You, you, you know that one, okay? 
And you get to the last verse, and the last verse is, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Well, as you can imagine, if you look in some songbooks, you'll find that that has been taken out. It's been replaced with, prone to worship, Lord, I feel it. Prone to love the God I serve. Now, the, the challenge in Scripture, then, that we find, um, in fact, uh, since we're distracted anyways, I'm going to get a few people to help me. Can I get two people, volunteers, real quick, that will help me with something? Come on. Um, any two people. Okay, sorry, it's going to be, um, okay, come on. Sorry, because I know I can pick on you guys. <laughs> I want to just give you a quick challenge right now, and we're just going to do it kind of sideways, yeah, sideways across the stage from one end to the other, all right? And here's what, I want, here's what I want to do, real, real simple. I want to think for a moment, in, the, in Galatians 5, the image that we're given is that we keep in step with the Spirit. And by the way, translating from Greek to, to English, that phrase, keep in step, a better understanding of it might be us following closely behind the Spirit of God. Because not as though the Spirit has a consistent pace, okay? <laughs> Steve, I wonder if you could walk across the stage... Okay, but I want you to be unpredictable, okay? And Sharon, can you follow a few, few paces behind and you see if you can mirror what he's doing, okay? All right, you ready for this? Your mark's set, go. Well, that's, that's unfair now, isn't it? Okay. Thank you. Now, I think if I were to ask Sharon what it took to try to mirror the steps of Steve, right, you'd find that it took focus. It took, she, had, she had to be paying attention to what, was, what step was coming next, right? And so the picture that we're given in Galatians 5 is it says in 5 verse 25, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. And my goal this morning, really, my main goal, is to help you to keep in step with the Holy Spirit. Now this image that's behind this has a deep history. It's the image of walking with God. For example, um, in Genesis 5, right? In Genesis 5, there's there's this um, genea like genealogy, and loads of people are dying in Genesis 5, right? Because that's what it's, you know, it's a genealogy. And in the middle of Genesis 5, you have this really unusual bit, some of you will be familiar with. Well, first of all, Genesis 5 is weird in that they're all living to crazy old ages, right? So it's before the flood with Noah, and so they're living, I think the, the oldest is Methuselah, like 1169 years or something like that, Right? And Enoch, in the middle of that, lives only to the ripe old age of 365, okay? Now, he doesn't actually die. There's a clear pattern in Genesis 5, uh, where each one, one after another, and then he died, and then he died, and then he died, and then he died. And you get to Enoch, and it says, and then he was taken away. And it's this great moment where God goes, it's, it's almost like God goes, I like you so much, I want you to be with me. You know, you don't die. Come on. And we're given some insight with just a little phrase. And what it says about Enoch is it says that he walked with God. We're, we're, we're added to this in Hebrews chapter 11. It says that Enoch 
pleased God. Enoch walked with God. He pleased God in the way that he lived with God and connected to him. And that that imagery continues, right? So in Genesis 6, it says that Noah walked with God. Genesis 17, God invites Abraham to walk before me. Um, With Moses in Exodus 33, there's a great moment where God is leading Moses and the Israelites. And yet, um, there's a moment where where Moses says to God, if your presence does not go with us, do not lead us from this place, right? It's where Moses is saying, essentially, saying, God, we're going to, don't make me go somewhere if you're not going to go with me. And the challenge to us is that we keep in step with the Spirit. In fact, like last week here, Peter was talking about how the soul needs restraint, how our, our soul can, be, can, can cause us, like lead us into sin, right? The antidote here in Galatians 5 is not that you apply your will to leading a, a perfect godly life. I mean, that's good. But the better route is that you apply your will to walking in the Spirit. In fact, what we find in Galatians 5.16, it says this, So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. Live by the Spirit. If you do that, you will live a perfect Christian life, effective Christian life as well. And so then the goal here being, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. So here's what I want to do, just to kind of bring this to a, to a kind of, to a close. I want to give you four different things that could help you to keep in step with the Spirit of God, because this is important stuff. And it might be that you can only grab onto one of these, all right, and kind of work it into your life. Um, but figure out what's right for you. So check this out. One thing that I think could help, oh, by the way, let me say up front, that the Holy Spirit will not contradict anything in God's word. When the, Holy, when the Spirit of God is directing you, just, just sometimes we need to test things. Checking it against what God has already said is a good start, okay? It's only one part of testing things that might come to see if something's of the Spirit of God. Like I knew um, a guy who, um, who still works in church. He's kind of a mentor of mine. He once had the experience of someone coming up to him and saying that God told him, so this man walked up to him and said that God told him to get a divorce. That's not God, right? See, the Holy Spirit will not contradict anything in God's word. Okay, but so here's some things that might help you. Firstly, become aware of the Holy Spirit within you. Become aware of the Holy Spirit within you. If you're a Christian, you have the Spirit of God living within you. That doesn't mean that you're walking in the Spirit or that you're full of the Spirit. But if you are a Christian, the Spirit of God is with you already, whether you realize it or not. And so, why not become aware of that reality? Like, I love the, um, the picture that's used, one of the pictures that's used in Scripture for this. Um, the, the dramatic bit is, comes with when Jesus dies. And at the temple, of course, they had this massive curtain. And the curtain in the temple is torn from top to bottom as a symbol of the fact that God's presence is no longer in the temple, right? 
And the, the way that then scripture puts this later on is that you together, plural, us as the people of God, we are, at, are the temple of God. And that God lives in you individually, but also among us plurally by his Holy Spirit. And so God's presence comes near. And even if you're... If you, Comes, we are sealed by the Spirit. That's how Ephesians 1 puts it. You have the Holy, if you're a Christian, you have the Holy Spirit living within you. Become more aware of that reality. A second thing you could do is to learn to spend time with God and take God with you. There's an old Christian text. I love how it's put in the, it's called the Theologica Germanica, okay? And the way that it's put there, this is like really old like 13th, 14th century. Anyways, um, the way it's put there is, if you can come to the point where you are to God what your right hand is to you, be content. And see, the, the goal of that quote is that we become discontent with how close we are to God. And that in becoming discontent with that, that actually we learn to spend time with God, learn to take God with us because we want to be near him. There's, um, there's this one time I'm leading this group of teenagers and we would go once a month to do youth ministry in this rural church. And afterwards, I'm driving them all home, right? After this weekend of doing all sorts of stuff. And there's this one little girl named, who's sitting in the back seat. She's 14. She's the youngest of the group. And yet, she, I knew she was incredibly spiritually mature. Her maturity had come through fire, Okay. It had come through her mother dying. It had, come, but it had come through fire. But she had a spiritual maturity that absolutely humbled me at times. And there was, I was overhearing this talk amongst teenagers, right? Where they were going, well, what are you doing next Saturday? And stuff like that, right? And she was trying not to say what she was doing next Saturday. She was being a little bit cagey. And finally, someone just kind of asked her directly... And so she finally shared, and she had, in her calendar, she had set aside Saturday to spend with God, (laughs) right? I was absolutely humbled by that. Like, she wasn't going to be with friends, she she was going to be with God. See, we need to learn to spend time with God and take God with us. Um, Another thing I want you to catch is that we need to, a third thing, is that we need to learn to be obedient to the Holy Spirit, The Holy Spirit's unpredictable. The Holy Spirit can lead us in ways that we don't expect. I like how it's put in John 3, verse 8, where it says this, the wind blows wherever it pleases. You cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going, so it is with everyone born of the Spirit. What a great picture. The wind, you can't tell where it's coming from, where it's going, so it is with everyone born of the Spirit. As we learn to be attentive to the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit might want to lead us, The Holy Spirit's work is unpredictable. We might become a little bit unpredictable as we're being used by God. You see, we need to learn to be obedient to the Spirit and sensitive to the work of the Holy Spirit. Bill Bright said it this way, to be filled with the Holy Spirit is to be filled with Christ. The Holy Spirit came to glorify Christ. Therefore, if I'm filled with the Spirit, I'm abiding in Christ. And if I'm controlled and empowered by Christ, he will be walking around in my body, living his resurrection life 
through me. And then finally, just a final thing that you might want to think about, fourthly, is that uh, to be able to better walk in the Spirit, we need to learn to depend on the Holy Spirit. That means getting ourselves into situations that are well beyond our means and ability. That means sharing your faith with somebody who's smarter than you are, okay? Because when you get to that sort of place, that's when you realize that you can't depend on yourself, that it only works if the Spirit of God comes to help you. And what's fantastic is when that happens, all of a sudden you realize, no, hold on. The Spirit of God can help me. The Spirit of God is there. The Spirit of God is at work. Guys, it's important that we learn more and more and keep wrestling with this idea that we learn to walk in the Spirit. And I don't know how, what that looks like for you, whether it's that's becoming aware of the Spirit of God within you, learning to spend time with God and take him with you, learning to depend and obey on the Holy, and become a sensitive to the Spirit of God, or learning to depend on the Holy Spirit in situations beyond your control or your means. Let us become a people that walk by the Spirit. Let's pray. Father, we ask that you would help us in this. Father, we pray for the ways our own hearts hold us back. That you'd make us wise. That you'd help us to address ourselves. That you might have your way in our hearts and lives. Father, I pray for some people that you'd even give just a fresh awareness and sense of your spirit, that they would taste how good your presence is. Pray for some people that you'd rekindle from coals, um, that you'd rekindle a fire. Work among us, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.